0: The makers of kicks, tasty, crispy corn puffs, food for action, and the makers of chlorettes, the new chlorophyll chewing gum that makes your breath kissing sweet, present Defense Attorney.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to depend upon your judgment and to fulfill my known obligation, I submit the facts, fully aware of my responsibility to my client and to you as Defense Attorney.
0: Now we proudly present Miss Mercedes McCambridge as defense attorney. When Martha Ellis Bryant chose law as a career, she accepted the challenge of defending the defenseless. Joshua Masters was one of the defenseless. Suspected of murder, he couldn't defend himself.
1: Your father told me his will left his estate to his three sons. But there won't be three sons to share it.
2: That's all right. We can divide between the two of us.
1: I don't think so. Why? Because I talked to your father yesterday. He was afraid he'd be accused of killing David. And I told him if he was charged with murder, I would defend him. And I'm going to.
0: Yes, Joshua Masters was one of the defenseless. And we'll bring you his story right after this important message. But first, let's listen to a man who sings the blues because he doesn't take time to eat breakfast. It's a shame to be a Nixie like me. I suffer from a lack of energy. Won't somebody tell me why I fail in everything I try? It's a shame to be a Nixie like me. People who are always weary, always dreary, are Nixies. So different from active, cheery Kixies. Kixies are men of action who eat kicks, food for action. Lively boys, girls, and grown-ups who always eat breakfast built around a bowl of Kix. How fine everyone feels, because Kix is an 83% energy food. Are Kix good? You bet. Crispy corn puffs so tender and tasty. Eat Kix. Food for action.
2: Oh, it's grand to be a Kixie like me. Always feeling full of pep and energy. Every morning I eat kicks, so I'm never in a fix. Oh, it's grand to
0: be a Kixie like me. And now the curtain rises on Act One of tonight's defense attorney story. Wealthy Joshua Masters is in the law office of Martha Ellis Bryant.
1: Conducting an investigation is decidedly out of my line, Mr. Masters. I'm an attorney, not a private detective.
3: I understand that, Miss Bryant. But this is something I believe you could handle better than a private
1: detective. Well, I'm very flattered, but I'm afraid I don't quite understand.
3: Your reputation for integrity is common knowledge, so I know I can trust you. You're always famous for proving
1: people innocent.
3: Now, one of my three sons is trying to kill me.
1: And you want me to find out which one is guilty?
3: Well, in a manner of speaking, yes, but what's more important, I want to know which two are innocent. You see, there's a lot of money involved. Yes, well, how old are you, Mr. Masters? Sixty-eight. And your sons? The oldest, thirty-eight. Youngest, thirty-three. Are they married? No. All three like to consider themselves eligible bachelors.
1: Yes, I believe I've
3: read about them in the newspapers. I'm not proud of my sons, Miss Bryant the parasites, waiting for my money, waiting for me to die, and ones trying to hurry it.
1: And you are a widower, aren't you, Mr. Masters?
3: Yes. My wife died in 1939.
1: Will your sons inherit your money? As my
3: will is now, the estate is to be divided equally among the three boys. Well, specifically, what is it that makes you think that one of the boys is trying to murder you? Well, I... I've got a weakness for speed, I like to go fast, in a car, boat, anything. I've got a foreign car. It's very fast. Are you uh, interested in foreign cars, Miss Bryant? Oh, well, not right now, Mr. Matthews. Yes, well, I like to get out on the freeway and open my car up once in a while. I started out the other day and got a flat tire. I drove into a service station to get it fixed. One lug bolt was holding the wheel on. The other four had been unscrewed. Holding by one thread.
1: Well, of course, that is dangerous, but it could have been accidental.
3: Maybe. But I've got a speedboat down at the bay. I started to take it out one day when I noticed that the bilge was full of gasoline and one spark plug wire was disconnected and hanging about a quarter of an inch above the bilge. Now, if I'd touched the starter, it would have all blown up over the harbor.
1: Yes, of course it would and uh, you believe that these potential accidents
3: were planned? Yes, I do. There are other things, little things, but they all add up. Well, you know, my sons. And you think
1: that one of your sons is responsible for these occurrences? Yes,
3: there isn't anyone
1: else. No, that isn't what I mean. I mean, has it ever entered your mind that maybe more than one of your sons is involved?
3: Oh, I see. Oh, no, I, I never thought of that. Well, I hope it isn't true. Oh, well, maybe it isn't true about any of them, Mr. Masters. It's true, Miss Bryant. David, Ralph, or Gordon, any one of them is capable of killing me for my money. Tell me, do you support them? Yes, but I don't give them as much money as they think I should. I believe that wealth carries a responsibility, Miss Bryant. A responsibility to use it wisely. They just want to use it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Masters, there may be cause for your suspicions, all right? But I'm not going to hazard an opinion, nor am I going to attempt an investigation. Oh,
3: I see.
1: However, there is a private detective I can hardly recommend to you. His name is Ted Ruby, and he's in the Hartley building. I've used him on several occasions myself, and I know that he's very reliable and that he's well qualified for this sort of thing. And I advise you to go to see him. You can tell him that Martha Ellis Bryant sent you. Oh.
0: When did all this happen, Marty?
1: Just yesterday, Judd. So I sent him to Ted Ruby.
0: Well, Ruby will know how to handle him. At least he'll make some money on the deal. I'm glad you didn't take it.
1: Well, it wasn't in my line, darling. But I was sorry I couldn't help him. He's he's kind of sweet.
0: Uh, yeah, he's kind of a screwball.
1: Why? Do you know him?
0: No, no, but I know quite a bit about him and his family. The boys are always mixed up in some scandal. Always expensive to get out of, and the old man pays the fare.
1: Well, then the boys are worthless,
0: huh? You bet they are. But the story got out about how every time one of the boys had been in trouble, someone had given an anonymous contribution to some charity, a big contribution. I chased down the story for the dispatch. It was old man Masters. Whatever the current scandal payoff cost, he'd give an equal amount to charity. Some screwy idea of, of dollar for dollar, good for evil. We could use more
1: screwy ideas like that, Judd.
0: Yeah? He gets tickets for speeding and goes through the same routine. He's just a screwball. Martin.
1: Yeah, but you haven't talked to him. No. I have. I like him. I'm sorry I couldn't help it. The... Oh,
0: excuse me. Sure.
1: Martha Ellis Bryant's office. Oh, yes, he is. Just a minute, please. For you, Judge Sir. Hmm? The dispatch.
0: Oh, okay. Hello. Yeah, Steve. All right. Yeah, 1802 Sandalwood Drive. Yeah, I got it. Well, whose place is it? It is. Yeah, all right, I'll, uh, I'll get right over there.
1: Get right over there. There goes our luncheon date, i bet you.
0: Yeah, Marty, there's been a killing at 1802 Sandalwood Drive. Got to get over there. You uh, want to go along?
1: No, not particularly. Anyhow, I got a lot of work to do here. Well,
0: maybe you ought to go, Counselor. Do you know who lives at 1802 Sandalwood Drive?
1: No. Should I?
0: Yeah, you should. That's the home of Joshua Masters.
1: This is a real beautiful home, huh, Judd?
0: Yeah, it is. I wonder if Josh Masters donated to charity an amount equal to the cost of maintaining this place. Why should he? Well... I just think it's a sin to live in a house this big.
1: Oh, oh such a sickness.
0: <laughs> uh, it's all right, Sergeant Press. Okay. Yeah. All right, get over there with those pictures. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Ah, hello, Judd. Hi, Ed. Well, 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 Miss Bryant, this is a surprise. <laughs> it was Masters as a client of yours?
1: Well, he was sort of a near client. What? No, I'm I'm just here with Judd, Lieutenant Leader.
0: Oh, oh I see. What's the story, Ed? Ah, one of those messy family affairs inside, Judd. You got any leads? Oh, you know, Judd, arrest within 24 hours. One of the boys, huh? Yeah. Which one? You know yet? (laughs) Sure we know. It was David. Can I print that?
2: Well, sure. Why not?
0: Well, then you're going to arrest him right away. Arrest who? David. Arrest him? How can we arrest him? He's dead. Dead. I thought... Wait a minute, Ed. You mean that Josh Masters wasn't killed? The old man? Oh, no, no, it's David.
1: Then Josh Masters isn't dead?
0: Oh, well, no. Should he be?
1: Well, uh, according to percentage, yeah. What? Oh, nothing. You take
0: it, John. It's your story. Well, what happened, Ed? Well, about all I'm sure right now is that when Gordon Masters came into the library this morning, he found his brother David lying on the floor, dead. He'd been shot sometime last night with a forty four caliber gun. You've uh, found the weapon? No, no. Medical examiner says it was a 44. And the old man's gun, a 44, is missing from the desk drawer. He says he can't account for it. What do you think about it, Ed? Well, like I said, we expect an arrest within twenty four hours. Do you know who it'll be? Oh, come on. You know I can't answer that, Judd. All right. Unofficially, Ed, not for publication. Well, I think that Josh Masters knows where that gun is. Has he got a motive? He had a quarrel with David Masters yesterday. That could be a motive. The only fly in that ointment is the fact that he was always quarreling with one or the other, of the boys. Yeah, so I've heard. Where's Josh Masters now? He's in the library. At least he was just a minute or so before you come in. I wonder if he'd care to make a statement to the press. I don't know. You can ask him. He's a free citizen so far. Thanks, Ed. I think I will. Yeah. Look around if you want it, Judd. i got work to do. See you later. Bye, Martha. See you, Ed. Well, what do you think of this development, Marty? Darling,
1: Joshua Masters isn't the kind of person who kills anybody. He's just Well, nice. Miss
3: Bryant, I'm surprised to see you here. I was going to come down to your office.
1: Morning, Mr. Masters. I came with Mr. Barnes. He's a friend. Uh, Judd, this is Mr. Masters.
3: Glad to know you, you Mr. Do? Masters. Glad I'm now.
1: so very sorry about your son, Mr. Masters. Well.
3: Thank you. I'm sorry I can't feel more grief than I do. My sons have been a great disappointment to me, Miss Bryant.
1: Well, do you have any idea who who may be responsible for this thing?
3: No, I I haven't. I I wish I knew. That detective leaders. He suspects me. Did he say that to you? No, he didn't need to. I know. Miss Bryant, if he should charge me with with this, I'd like to have you as my attorney.
1: Oh, well, it's a little early, Mr. Masters. However, if you are charged with the murder, and if I believe that you're innocent, I'll defend you. Well, Lieutenant Letus' 24 hours are just about up. I wonder if he's made his arrest yet.
0: If he has, Josh Masters is here in the jail, and you've got a client. Yeah.
1: Hello, Lieutenant.
0: Well, good morning, Martha. Judd. Hello, Ed. Anything new in the Master's case? Yep. We found the gun. Hey, when? Oh, about ten minutes ago. Well, who had it? Josh Masters had it.
1: Are you sure, Lieutenant?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was lying beside him.
1: It was what?
0: Yeah. Josh Masters committed suicide with it at eight o'clock this morning. In just a moment, we'll continue with act two of tonight's defense attorney story. Don't breathe. Don't breathe a word until you chew clorets. Because clorets makes your breath kissing sweet. That's right, kissing sweet. Clorets is the delicious new chewing gum that contains chlorophyll. Aha, that magical green chlorophyll you've read so much about. Clorets with chlorophyll banishes most odors that make breath unpleasing. Clorettes makes breath sweet and wholesome in seconds. Chew Clorets and your breath becomes kissing sweet, even after eating onions or garlicky salads, even after heavy smoking or telltale beverages. It's the chlorophyll in Chlorets that does the trick. And Clorettes is such a delicious gum, you'll chew it for pure enjoyment. Everyone who breathes should chew Clorettes to keep breath always kissing sweet. So carry a package in pocket or purse. Get Chloretz today. C-L-O-R-E-T-S. Only 15 cents a box wherever chewing gum is sold. Chew Clorettes, the gum delicious. It makes your breath kissing sweet. And now we continue with Act 2 of tonight's Defense Attorney Story.
1: The didn't think they were accidents, Lieutenant. He was afraid one of the boys was trying to murder him. He wanted me to help him find out which one it was.
2: Well, things
0: sound more like accidents than plans as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, me too, Marty. Old people are always figuring that someone is trying to get them out of the way.
1: Joshua Masters was not suffering from a persecution complex, if that's what you mean.
0: That's what I mean. Not only that, I couldn't get one direct answer from him yesterday.
1: You didn't catch him in a lie.
0: No, no, but I didn't catch him in a truth, either.
1: Lieutenant, please remember he didn't know where his gun was. He might have thought one of the boys had it. Maybe he was unwilling to incriminate any of them.
0: He said he didn't know where the gun was. Uh, Look, Martha, I like it this way. Joshua Masters thought one of his sons was trying to get him out of the way. For some reason, he figured it was David. And he jumps him about it. They argue, and Josh shoots him. Then, in remorse over having killed his son, he takes the gun and kills himself. Now, is that logic? It makes sense to me.
1: If you didn't know Joshua Masters.
0: Oh, come on. You didn't know him till two days ago.
1: That's right. I talked to him for 15 minutes, and I got to know him real well, Lieutenant.
0: Oh, Martha, how could you? All
1: right. do you grant that I am at least a fair judge of character?
0: Well... He always have been, so far.
1: Joshua Masters might have committed suicide, but he never would have committed murder.
0: Oh, look, Martha, it was his gun. We couldn't find it yesterday. This morning, it's lying beside him. His fingerprints on the handle, the presence of powder burns on his head, and the angle of the bullet's path all point to a suicide. With the same gun to kill David. That's strong evidence,
1: Martha. I know all that, darling, but it's too perfect.
0: And now your story about those so-called attempts on his life gives a motive for murder and suicide by Joshua Masters. Wait a minute,
1: Lieutenant. Have you found out anything about his will, about his insurance policies and things like that? What about who inherits the money?
0: Well, no, no, not yet. But that's standard procedure, Martha. I'm going to question the two boys about it now. Ed, that isn't going to make any difference in the story, is it? I want to call the dispatch. I don't think we'll find out anything new. Chances are the boys will inherit everything. Then well, they should. There isn't any doubt about what will happen to the money now. Those two will know how to spend it. They always have.
1: Are you going to question them, Ralph and Gordon, separately, Lieutenant?
0: No, no. I'll call them in here together. You uh, want to hear?
1: Yeah, I'd like to. May I? You
0: sure? Ed, what about the noise of the gunshots? Didn't anybody hear it? No. Both shots were in the library, and Josh Masters had it soundproof. He liked music, and he liked it loud. Collected records, you know. Nobody else could stand it, so Josh had his library soundproof and played his records in there. That's the motive for killing him right there. Uh, Not if the place was soundproof. Oh, uh, Sergeant, you send Gordon and Ralph Masters in here, please? Right. Believe
1: me, Lieutenant, the last thing Joshua Masters had on his mind when he was in my office was committing suicide.
2: You want me, Lieutenant? Yeah. Yeah, I got a few questions I want to ask
0: as soon as your brother gets here.
2: Uh, sit down. Look, let's get one thing straight. Just because my father killed David and then shot himself is no reason for you to start tossing orders around here. You're in my home, and when I'm ready, I'll ask you to sit down. Oh, little touchy, huh? Why shouldn't I be? just lost one brother and my father. Take it easy, Ralph. Sensitivity isn't a characteristic of the police department, you know. What do you want now, Lieutenant?
0: This isn't a suicide until the coroner says so. And he won't say so until I finish my investigation. And I won't finish my investigation until you answer a few more questions.
2: That's all we've done for the past few days.
0: Yeah, well, we can wind this up today.
2: Right now, I want to know who stands to inherit the most from the estate. Why do you ask that? Because I want to know. Now, look, don't get out of line, Lieutenant. Uh, You might... I can answer that, Lieutenant. The money was to be divided equally among the family. The three of us. How do you know that? Dad told me a long time ago. The will hasn't been changed? Well, not that I know of.
0: Did your father ever feel he was being picked on,
2: abused? He certainly did. Huh? When'd you notice it? Every time we asked for a dime. That's right. He's pretty tight with his dough.
1: From what I hear, you were pretty loose with it.
2: What have you got to do with it?
1: I'm Martha Ellis Bryant. I'm an attorney. Your father was a client of mine. Did you know that he had thought of changing his will?
2: Any change he made wouldn't hold up after killing David and committing suicide. Losing his mind, not capable of handling his affairs. We can break any kind of a will now if we need to.
1: Oh, come on, Judd. They'll be dividing his clothes next.
2: Yeah, I
0: could use some fresh air. See you later, Ed. Yeah, so long, Judd. Miss Bryant.
2: Bye, Lieutenant. Any court will overrule a will made by a man that killed his son and pretty soon.
0: Oh.
1: Gordon Masters is really plugging that murder and suicide, isn't he?
0: Yeah, but... I think he's right, Marty.
1: I don't know. He sounds to me like a man with something to sell.
0: Or a man that's convinced of something.
1: Yeah, well, maybe. Can you take me back to my office, sweetie? I wish to ponder.
0: About this case? Yeah. Look, Marty, the police say it's suicide. Why don't you let it go at that? They've got powder burns, bullet angle. You just gave them a motive. And you've got fingerprints on the gun to back up a suicide theory. Anyway, what are you doing in this case? You're a lawyer, not a detective.
1: You're right, darling. I am a lawyer. And yesterday I told Joshua Masters that if he was charged with murder and if I thought he was innocent, I'd defend him. And that was a promise.
0: Sure, but he's dead.
1: Yeah, but he's still charged with murder, the murder of his son, and he can hardly defend himself.
0: How far can you go with no bless oblige?
1: My darling Judson, there are people whose goodness is apparent even in a short conversation. And I think Joshua Masters was one of those people. And I don't think he killed his son. And I don't think he committed suicide.
2: That's what I gathered.
1: Anyway, the fact that he's dead doesn't cancel my promise to defend him. I just wish I knew how to begin. <laughs> Neither one of those fine, upstanding boys was concerned beyond the question of who inherited the money. Their father lying in the next room dead. And they're planning on how to break his will.
0: Yes, Marty, but that still doesn't make either one of them a murderer.
1: Either one of them could have killed David to get a bigger share of the estate and then killed Joshua to get the money sooner.
0: It's a good theory, Marty, but the police have a better one with evidence to back it up. Joshua Masters fingerprints on the handle of that gun.
1: Somebody could have put his hand around that gun after he was dead.
0: All you've got to do is prove that and the rest of your theory will hold up.
1: Yeah, well, there must be some way to prove it.
0: I never heard of a way short of a confession. A little late for that. Marty, don't start wringing your hands over this case. It isn't that important.
1: I'm not wringing my hands, darling. I'm just trying to think of a way... To... Hey, Judd, there is a way. Hmm? Pull over to the curb.
0: Marty, Marty, for Pete's sake, let go of the wheel. I'm
1: sorry, darling, but listen. If I were going to put your fingerprints on this steering wheel... Now, give me your hand. All right. Here, okay. I'd put your fingers around the wheel and I'd press, huh? Like that.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, now see what happens. Look there.
0: Hey, do you suppose it'd show? I
1: don't know but I'll never be able to sleep if we don't find out. Let's go back. Fast.
0: Let's do. Burn them up barns they call me.
2: Well, it's uh, sure going to
0: start something new in the checking of suicides, Martha. I just wouldn't have thought of it, but there they are, and they match.
1: Pretty obvious that Joshua Masters did not commit suicide, isn't it, Lieutenant?
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, we came pretty close to making a bad mistake. If you and Judd had been two minutes late of getting here, it would have been too late.
1: Why? Was it that close?
0: Well, the coroner and I were agreed on murder and suicide. We were ready to turn the body over to an undertaker. Sing. Well, I'll get the sergeant and bring masters in here.
1: Just a minute, Lieutenant. Suppose they were both in this thing together.
0: Yeah, that's something to think about, Ed. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it could. Uh, you got any suggestions, Martha?
1: Uh-huh. Why don't we get them both in? Then we can watch their reaction, maybe find out more
0: than we know. That's the way to do it, Ed. And the star reporter of the dispatch will be in on the arrest. Yeah. I think you're right, Martha. Now, the sergeant, bring him in. Sergeant. Yes, sir. Have Gordon and Ralph Masters come in here, will you? Great. Look, Martha, you uh, you want to handle this? It's your play, you know. I can be watching for the trouble. There could be trouble, too. Sure. He's killed twice. All right, I'll talk to him.
2: Say, how much more of this pointless questioning do we have to put up with? Maybe they've decided it was suicide. Have you, Lieutenant? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, Miss Bryant here has something to say. What's an attorney got to do with this? Is this something to do with the old man's will?
1: Yes, in a way. That is, it will certainly affect the terms of the will. What do you mean? Well, your father's will left everything to his three sons, but there won't be three sons to share it.
2: That's all right. We can divide it between Ralph and me. No, I don't think so. What?
1: I talked to your father two days ago, and he told me that he suspected one of his sons of trying to kill him. He did? Yes.
2: Well, that was probably why he killed David. He found out that he was the one. Is that what you think, Ralph? Well, what else is there to think?
1: Well, there are other things. I talked to your father again yesterday. He was afraid he'd be accused of killing David, and I told him that if he was charged with the murder, I would defend him.
2: What's this got to do with us?
1: He has been charged with the murder. He has been charged with killing David and committing suicide, and I am defending him. Because he didn't kill David, and he didn't commit suicide. Your father was murdered.
2: Who says he was murdered? I say he was murdered. You can't prove that he was. His fingerprints are on that gun hand. Yes, they are. And you, Ralph Masters, put them there. You can't prove that either.
1: Oh, yes, I can. When you pressed your father's hand around that gun to leave his fingerprints on it, you left your own.
2: My fingerprints aren't on that gun. That's right,
1: Ralph. They're not on the gun, but they are on your father's hands. What? On his fingernails.
2: You lie. No, no, Ralph. She isn't lying. We checked him. Is that true, Lieutenant? Yeah, real true. Ralph... You killed David and Dad. Yeah. Yeah, I killed him, and you would have, too, if you'd had enough nerve. Now, don't move anybody. got him, Marty. He's got a gun. Right. I said, don't anybody move. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. And I'll kill anybody that tries to stop me. I think I'll kill you anyway, Martha Bryant. If it hadn't been for you... What about
0: just... the sergeant behind you, Masters? What? Oh, I got him. Jim. Good shooting, Ed.
2: Oh, thanks for turning him, Jed. Lieutenant, is he... Is he dead? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. First David and then Dad. Now Ralph. I'm the only one left. Oh, all
1: alone in the world with a million dollars.
2: All right, let's get him out of here.
0: Have a couple of patrolmen come in here with you. What is it, sir? When yeah. Judd Barnes chose a lawyer as a girlfriend, he accepted the challenge of defending the defenseless girlfriend.
1: Yeah, it looked kind of grim there for a minute. You probably saved my life, Judd. Thanks.
0: Marty, you shouldn't put yourself in a position where you're exposed to danger like that, likely to get killed. Yes, Judd. Your business is defending, not apprehending.
1: Yeah, I guess it isn't very nice to put your friends in a position where they have to rescue you all the time.
0: Well, it isn't that. I I was glad to do it. and I know Lita's was, too.
1: No, I was kind of foolish. I shouldn't have done it.
0: No, it wasn't foolish. Yes, it
1: was. was. I didn't owe Joshua Masters anything. Yes, you
0: did. A promise made is is a debt unpaid.
1: I know, but after all, I... If you didn't
0: do things like that, you wouldn't be my Marty. Now, which side are you on, darling? Uh... I've been trapped again, so help me. Judson,
1: don't you know you can't win an argument with a woman, and when the woman is a defense attorney, hoo ha?
0: Just heard Defense Attorney, starring Mercedes McCambridge with Howard Culver as Judd. Tonight you heard Tony Barrett as Ed Liedus, Dallas McKennon as Josh and Gordon Masters, and Harry Bartell as Ralph Masters. Music was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Defense Attorney was written by Jack Spears. The program is directed by Dwight Hauser. Ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to turn over the last few minutes of this program to Miss Betty Mills of the Radio TV Mirror magazine. Each year, Radio TV Mirror conducts a poll of readers asking them to vote for their favorite actors and actresses. It is truly the choice of the people, you fans who listen to and enjoy the radio performances of the many distinguished artists who come into your homes each week. Any award is an important honor, but we feel that the awards of Radio TV Mirror, determined by the votes of the listeners themselves, is a very special honor. Here now to make the presentation of this year's award, Miss Betty Mills. Betty?
1: Thank you, Orville. We are extremely happy to have the opportunity to tell you on this program that in the annual awards poll conducted by Radio TV Mirror magazine, American radio listeners have chosen as their favorite dramatic actress, Miss Mercedes McCambridge. Thank you, Betty Mills. Thank you very much indeed. Mercedes, has most of your recent radio work been as Martha Bryant, defense attorney? Yes, Betty, it has, and I love doing the show then I suppose we could assume that the decision of the radio listeners naming you their favorite dramatic actress this year would be due to your work on Defense Attorney. I'm afraid it's the work of many people, Betty. It's Dwight Hauser and Howard Culver and Tony Barrett and all the ABC crowd. And I want to thank them and through you, the editors of Radio TV Mirror, and particularly all of the people who voted for me. Thank you.
0: The management of ABC, the cast and crew of Defense Attorney, would like to join Radio TV Mirror in congratulations to a fine actress for a fine job. Congratulations, Mercy, and incidentally, it certainly is a lot of fun, as all the cast will say, to work with Miss McCambridge. Incidentally, there's a delightful story on Mercedes McCambridge in the current issue of Radio TV Mirror. I suggest that you get it and read it. Next week, another exciting adventure with Mercedes McCambridge, Defense Attorney. Be sure to listen. Defense Attorney is presented by the makers of Kicks, tasty crispy corn puffs, food for action, and by Clorettes, the new chlorophyll chewing gum that makes breath kissing sweet.
1: This is Mercedes McCambridge reminding you to stay tuned to your ABC station for that entertaining program, The Original Amateur Hour, emceed by that great showman and grand person, Ted Mack.
0: This program came to you from Hollywood. America is sold on the American Broadcasting Company.